Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week it's your monthly solo episode. Just you and I, just having a little fucking chat, a little catch up. Um, the last solo episode I did was about confidence, and a lot of you guys really, really, really loved that. So I got a lot of DMs from people saying that they wanted me to talk about friendship, and I thought that that was a really interesting and like relevant topic to most people. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. But before we get into that, I'm going to just give you, you know, like a general life update. Um, I got my second dose of the Moderna vaccine yesterday, which is the vaccine for COVID-19. So I got my first one four weeks ago. And then yesterday was my second one. And I got to be honest with you guys, if you listen to the 100th episode, you could probably tell that I was a little nervy. I was hearing all these crazy stories from people being like, oh, yeah, when I got the second vaccine, I was like in bed for days. I couldn't even stand up. I like couldn't eat anything like it was awful. So in the days leading up to my second vaccine, I was like drinking so much water, trying to keep my body as hydrated as possible, doing like shots of like vitamin C shit, like doing just like health shots, like with ginger and lemon and turmeric and just literally trying to like strengthen my body as much as humanly possible because I was so nervous that I was going to be that bitch who gets the second vaccine and then like, you know, is dead for three days. And what's worse is I... I am going on a trip this week. I'm traveling um, and I was really nervous that I would be sick for that, you know, travel day that I have coming up, which was obviously uh, making me a little like, you know, nervous. I keep saying that I was nervous, but I was, I was really nervous because like I said, everyone who got it that I talked to was like telling me all of these awful things and like you know they're not making them up these things did happen and like you know I'm the type of bitch who do be getting sick like if someone's gonna get sick it's gonna be me so I was like you know preparing for the worst I was like this is obviously gonna happen to me it would be very on brand it would make sense it adds up that I would get the second vaccine and be you know dying but like I said I you know stayed super hydrated and um on the actual day of the vaccine I like again was like doing like health shots and then as soon as I got home I started icing the spot where the I guess the injection site because last time when I got the first vaccine the only thing I experienced was that my arm was like super sore for three days and I think the mistake I made that time was I didn't start icing my arm until like the next day. Like, I don't know why I wasn't more proactive about it. But this time, as soon as I got home, I iced my arm pretty consistently all day yesterday. Um, and I also was staying super hydrated. And it's it's wild because like, I was like waiting yesterday. I was like, it's going to happen. I'm going to start feeling symptoms. I'm going to start feeling dizzy. I'm going to feel chills. I'm going to get a fever. Like, when's it going to happen? And it didn't. And then I went to sleep and I woke up this morning and my arm was like a little sore, like not even close to, you know, the, the soreness of the first time. And I iced it. And like, as soon as I put the ice in it, like within like a minute, my arm started feeling better. And I mean, I'm still taking Tylenol and ibuprofen. Like I'm rotating them like every like six hours, just, you know, just in case. But I'm here to tell you guys, I got the second vaccine and nothing fucking terrible happened to me. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe terrible things do happen to people, but apparently for once 
it wasn't me. And I'm happy about that because I literally, like, I planned my week to basically be, like, in bed at least. So I got the vaccine on Sunday and I basically planned my whole week. Like I tried to schedule like literally the least amount of things as humanly possible because I was like, if I do get sick, I don't want to have like a bunch of shit to cancel. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty psyched about it. I'm not gonna lie. Even after getting the first vaccine, I obviously know that I'm like really lucky to be able to receive it. And like, I feel really like grateful and, and happy that I was able to do that, especially since I am like around my parents um, who are also fully vaccinated and it's just nice to be around them and not be like super paranoid, even with a mask on. So, you know, I'm really grateful about that. But to be honest with you, I have just been feeling so much more like relaxed. Like after I got the first vaccine, like after the first, like I think two weeks, like I could just feel myself like less tensed up when I'm in a public setting because I'm pretty sure after the first one, like the chances of you getting COVID are like already like, I don't know, like 7% or something, like something super low. So I was already feeling pretty good. And like after getting this one, I'm like, fuck, man, I'm invincible. I mean, I know I'm not invincible, but like, I kind of feel that way a little bit. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, gotta, I, I'm just I'm just being honest. Like, I do feel like I could lick the sidewalk and be fine. I won't lick the sidewalk, nor have I ever done so. But like, I just feel like maybe I like could and I would be fine. So it's definitely something that I'm like really happy about. And what's crazy is that I got my second dose. So I was fully vaccinated on the one year anniversary of lockdown in Florida, which just felt really romantic. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty fucking psyched about that. And also this trip that I'm going to, I'm going to Arizona with some friends. It was, it was booked a while ago and we kind of assumed that things would be better by now. Um, which I mean, I guess in ways they are, but also are not. But I also am really glad that I was able to get the vaccine before then. I mean, I'm obviously still going to take all the precautions, you know, double masking on the flight and, and everything like that. And um, I'm going to still be cautious, but it's still really a nice relief to know that like the likelihood is so low. So um, yeah, that was just me flexing about being vaccinated for like five minutes straight. Sorry. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I am also excited to go to Arizona. We're going to Sedona. I think we're spending just like one day. Uh, we're spending one day in Phoenix and then we're going to spend the rest of the trip in Sedona and we're going to hike and just be one with nature and like do yoga on like a fucking cliff or some shit like that. Like it's going to be pretty dope. I'm excited to do some witchy shit. Um, and, you know, if anyone comes for me on Instagram, because I'm definitely going to post like sick photos. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, there probably will be some sick photos up and um, anyone who's like mm, an influencer traveling during COVID, I'll be like, mm, fuck you. I'm vaccinated, bitch. Okay. Like, let me live my life. But it's so crazy because I was telling like a friend of mine, I'm like, it's weird because I feel a little bit guilty that I can resume life because that's the whole point of the vaccine. It's like you get vaccinated and then it's totally fine for you to like just resume life. But I feel guilty. Like I feel bad about it like I almost feel like I want to like wear like a sticker on my shirt that says like I'm vaccinated because like I don't want people to think 
that I'm just like some, you know, reckless person because I'm not. I've been very careful or as careful as I could be throughout this entire fucking panini. So I I feel really weird about it, but I'm just like, this is the point. This is what the vaccine was made for, for us to just like be able to like resume our lives. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. And honestly, whatever. I, I hope someone tries to say some shit to me. I'll fucking send them a picture of my vaccination card and they can fucking suck it. All right, enough vaccine talk. I want to talk to you guys about friendship. You know, that thing where you find someone that you have things in common with and then like maybe you like laugh together and then, you know, before you know it, you're like hanging out and talking and you're friends. Friendship. We all know about it. Um, So I want to talk about different types of friendships. Um, The first type of friendship I want to talk about is the frenemy because (laughs) I have unfortunately had way too many in my life and it took years for me to be able to detect a frenemy from a friend. An embarrassing long time, I would say. And I think the reason for that is that I really try to assume the best in people. Like, I really try not to, like, overanalyze people's um, comments or, or actions. Like, I really just try not to read deeply into things. Um, and if someone tells me something, I'm, I'm going to take their word for it. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to believe them. So I think that's kind of the reason why I've had so many frenemies. But... I want to tell you some of the signs that I have um, experienced firsthand several times and that I now use to, you know, try to detect when someone is a front of me. Because I'm going to be honest with you. The thing about front of me is that sucks so fucking bad is that you, you feel crazy or at least I feel crazy. Like I'm like, am I? Are you like, I thought, I thought you were my friend. Like, am I being crazy? Like, are you actually fucking evil? Like, you know what I mean? So I just think if you, if you think someone is a friend of me, cut it off before it gets any further because it sucks. It really does suck. So anyway, the first thing would be a person who copies you, but not just like a person who copies what you do in a way where like, okay, let me give you an example. Like if I saw my friend wearing really cute shoes and I had been on the hunt for shoes in that exact silhouette for so long, I would be like, oh my God, I fucking love your shoes. I've been looking for this exact silhouette of shoes for so long and I haven't been able to find them. Where did you get them from? And then they're like, oh, I got them from this store. And then what I would do as a normal person is either be like, hey, do you mind if I buy the same shoes? Like, is that weird? Or I would just buy them and then like send them a picture and be like, so I got the shoes that you had. And then more likely than not, and this is just like an extra layer of something that I would personally do is whenever someone complimented me about them, if they knew that other person, I would probably be like, oh, thanks. I got them because I saw, you know, this girl wearing them. You know what I mean? And that's just how I feel. I feel like the last step is like an unnecessary extra layer, but I really like to give credit where credit is due. It makes me feel uncomfortable to like accept like credit for finding something that I found through another person, especially if we both know that person. But what a frenemy will do is they'll secretly copy you. 
And you're probably like, well, what the fuck does that mean? And I'll tell you. <laughs> Secretly copying you is when this person sees you with something, whether it's like, you know, something tangible, like a pair of shoes, or even as small as music, like some song that you came across, right? And they start wearing the same thing as you or listening to, I don't know, let's just say a playlist. That's your exact playlist that they copied and then just put it under a different name and pretended like they had no idea that you had this playlist with over 30 songs in the exact same order. Um, (laughs) Something like that. And they decide to be weird about it and not say, oh, I saw you wearing these jeans. So like I got them or, oh, I love your playlist. I didn't know how to subscribe to it. So I just like recreated it. Instead, what they'll do is they'll wear the jeans around you. And then you're like, oh my God, those are the same jeans that I was wearing like a month ago that you told me you liked. When did you get them? Oh, really? I don't remember saying anything to you about liking your jeans. That's so weird. No, I just, I just found these and I really like them. And I'm like, oh, but like you literally asked me where I got them from. And like, we had like a five minute conversation about them. Oh, like, yeah, no, I don't remember that. I just, I just saw them and I really liked them. Or, oh, are you listening to my playlist? No, this is my playlist. You're being really weird. Like, it's always like a combination of like, also like gaslighting, but secretly copying you. That is terrifying to me. And I always thought it was weird. Like there was never a time that I didn't think that behavior was weird. The thing is, is in my experience, anytime I had ever confronted someone about it and I tried to be like as kind about it as possible, they gaslight you. And being gaslit by a friend is so fucking weird. Cause like, it's one thing to be gaslit by like a dude or something, right? You like expect that, but like you kind of don't expect it from your friends. So like, at least for me, I like, I'm like, wait, am I being crazy? Like it actually, the gaslighting works, I think better when it's like friend to friend because you just don't expect your friends to gaslight you. But they do, unfortunately, when they're your frenemy. And I just think also something that, Another excuse that I had kind of made for this weird secretly copying behavior is that I've always kind of had good taste in like clothing. Like I love how I'm just like, I'm the best, but no, seriously, like I've always been that person in any friend group who everyone is like, oh, Noor, you, you play the music in the car or oh, Noor, like, you know where to buy things from, like, where should I buy this? Or like, you know what I mean? Like people come to me for like recommendations for like skincare and clothing and stuff like that's, that's who I am as a person. Um, and so whenever that would happen and they would like secretly copy me and be weird about it. I remember complaining about it to one of my other friends and they're like, Oh, you should just be like flattered. Like people just like really want to be like you. Right. And that was like another thing. And I don't think that person who said that to me meant it maliciously, but it, that just isn't the right thing to do. I think that if someone wants to, you know, do something you're doing or copy something you're doing, that's fine. But it's not flattering when they copy you. And then when you like say something about it in like a totally normal way, they like completely gaslight you and completely deny it and secretly, like they think that like you don't know what's happening. So that would be the first thing I would personally, you know, keep an eye out for. And I also think that as soon as you see this behavior, if you, if you want to still try to pursue this friendship, I would just be honest with that person and be like, hey, listen, 
it's really, I don't know why you're pretending like you didn't literally just copy my entire playlist and rename it as something else. There's just no chance that we both coincidentally have over 30 songs, exact same songs in the exact same order. Why are you being weird about this? Is this something that's going to be a problem moving forward? Because it's making me feel a little uncomfortable that you're like lying to me about something as simple as a playlist. Um, that's, that's what I would say if I could go back in time to this quote unquote hypothetical situation that definitely happened to me. Um, another thing that frenemies will do is be super possessive and controlling of you. And for me, again, unfortunately reoccurring, I will be friends with someone. And if I make a new friend, that other friend gets super butthurt about it and like hates that person, starts creating fake scenarios as to why that person, this new friend, like, no, they hate me. And that's why I don't like them. Even though that other person doesn't really care about them and definitely doesn't hate them because they don't know them. And I've never said anything about them that would make that person hate them. So it's just more so this person feels threatened by your new friendship. They feel as though it's going to interrupt our existing friendship and they're jealous. They're jealous of the friendship. So they try to um, be possessive. And I've had friends tell me or, or just straight up ask me to stop being friends with someone and unless this person has done something directly to hurt that person, and I think is a valid reason, I'm going to be nice to everyone. This isn't the fifth grade. I don't expect people to drop people for me. So I don't expect other people to think that I'm going to drop people for them unless like, I don't know, like someone like fucking slapped one of my friends and called them a bitch. And like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be friends with that person. But like if this person indirectly negatively affected this person over a decade ago, I'll give them a shot to show who they are. And if they turn out to be a piece of shit, oh, well, but I'm not going to just I'm not going to judge this person based off of something dumb. You know what I mean? And I also think it's like a really kind of weird move to try to tell people who they can and can't be friends with. Like, I wouldn't even really feel comfortable asking that of my own sibling. Like, it's just like a weird thing to do. Like, unless someone did something awful to you, you know, there's really no reason. Like, okay, there's this dude who I know, who a lot of people I know know him. And when I was like 19, he tried to pull some creepy shit on me and he was much older than me. And it was definitely predatory behavior. And luckily I was able to remove myself from the situation before it escalated. And I know a lot of people who are still friends with this person. A lot of people. I would never ask them to stop being friends with him, but I've definitely vocalized to them. Hey, listen, by the way, this person tried to assault me. And unfortunately for him, he failed. Um, I really don't like him. If you plan on inviting us both to somewhere, please let me know because I don't want to be around this person. But I would never be like, you can't be friends with this person. Now, if that person had actually sexually assaulted me, I I would have different feelings about it, for sure. I'd be like, no, fuck you. You're going to be friends with the person who assaulted me? I don't want to be friends with you. Um, But yeah, so I think that 
being controlling, being possessive, just not good, not, not cute, not good signs, bad signs. And like the more I'm talking about this, I'm like, I think these are rules that would also apply to a, a romantic relationship as well, which should also have a friendship aspect to it. Um, and something that I, I realized within the like last year and a half, and it like as soon as I realized this or recognized this, it just clicked in my head. Anyone who feels entitled to your friendship probably doesn't give a fuck about you. Because friendship is kind of this two-way street, right? Any relationship, both parties need to be putting in equal or fair amounts of time, energy, effort, all of those things. But if this person who is your friend is putting in little to no effort and then gets mad at you for not like compensating for their lack of effort or even so I've been in situations where I've had a friend and like they I could tell they're not really putting that much effort into a friendship and I don't really even overthink it like I'm just like oh they are probably just busy with their life so like I'm gonna give them some space and like without even realizing it like I also take a step back but I also think that it's important for me to do that because I don't want to be putting in more than the other person because that could lead to me feeling some, some sort of resentfulness. And I don't want to feel that towards my friend. So I just kind of like, you know, follow their lead. You're backing up a little bit. I'm going to back up too. And that's totally fine with me. It doesn't mean that I hate you or you hate me. But I think how that person reacts to that is important. They can react in a few ways, either being like, you know, when they finally talk to me, like, oh my God, like I was just, things were so crazy for me. Like, do you hate me? Like, I love you so much or some shit like that. Or that person can be like, you never call me. You never text me like blah, 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 blah. And just completely shifting the blame onto you. That is a sign of someone who feels entitled to your friendship. And I am so sorry, but literally no one is entitled to my time other than my parents. So unless you're my parent, you're not, you're not entitled to my time. You're not entitled to my friendship. Uh, you're actually not entitled to anything. Um, and I think that's definitely something that I wish I had picked up on earlier because a lot of times people do have toxic friendship traits. And a lot of times what that turns into or manifests into is entitlement. Um, I think another weird thing, which also kind of goes hand in hand with entitlement, is a friend who never tells you anything about their personal life, but always wants to know like every detail about yours. I think obviously it's like more so on a case by case basis, because like maybe things are just going really horribly in their life and they're not ready to talk about it or, you know, something like that. Like, I, I think you kind of have to like be aware of any other factors that could be contributing to that. But I also have found that people like that are usually frenemies because what they're doing is they're not sharing any of their personal information with you. And all they're doing is gathering your personal information so that when they inevitably talk shit about you, they have some gossip. You know what I mean? Because a frenemy also, let's just slide this in. A frenemy is always going to talk shit about you behind your back to anyone who's willing to fucking listen. And that's why a lot of times when someone is your friend of me, a really great telltale sign is that they will never tell you 
anything about their relationships, about their career, about their life. And it's also them kind of projecting onto you because they feel jealous of maybe something that's going on in your life. So they assume that if they were to share something positive with you, that you would, you would be jealous or you would want, you wouldn't want good things for them. Um, so yes, definitely someone who's not forthcoming and, and, but, but also that being said, expects you to tell them like every fucking detail. And it's like, not like a, cause there's definitely times where I call my friend to tell them something crazy that happened to me. And I don't expect them to be like, well, since you just shared that, let me share this. It's, it's more so like, um, reoccurring theme where they always want to know about your life and they never want to talk about theirs. Another sign or red flag of a friend of me would be competitiveness. And I think that kind of aligns with the secretly copying you thing, um, the entitlement thing, the not telling you anything about their life because more often than not, and in my experience, every friend of me I've ever had has always been in a competition with me that I wasn't aware of. And I wasn't even made aware of until, you know, at some point when I start like, you know, I guess getting a little frustrated with their behavior because that's the thing about frenemies. They do so much fuck sh- fucked up shit about you that like eventually you're like, why is this happening? And and I remember like talking to my sister about it and we, we ended up like talking about it and I, we just came to the conclusion like, no, this person is in like some weird one-way competition with you. Like they are constantly trying to one-up you. They don't want you to be more successful than them because they feel as though you're their competition. I can say for for fucking sure. I never in my life felt competitive with any of my friends. Never. It's never even occurred to me because why would any of the, like, like if your friend is succeeding at work, why is, it shouldn't negatively affect you. It should just make you like happier for your friend. Like it just, to me, it seems so straightforward and it makes like perfect sense. And I don't know why anyone would feel that way. But again, I think it just kind of ties into like jealousy, insecurity, um, all of those things. And then them just kind of projecting these weird fucking feelings onto you. And I think passive aggressive behavior is also another huge kind of red flag for a frenemy where they, you know, are making little snarky comments. Like I remember um, a, a while, a few, like maybe like a year or two ago, I made a comment to my friend about how, um, my hips started getting a little bit bigger after I turned 30 and my jeans were not fitting the same way. And like, it was, and I was obviously like not happy about it. Like, it's not like I like was like, yay. Like I already had hips to begin with. So it was definitely, and I've spoken about this before. Like it's something that I, it took me time to adjust to because it was a change in my body. And I think for a lot of women, when our bodies change, it does take time for us to get used to it and feel good about it and feel comfortable with it. So I remember telling this friend about this and they were like, oh, so it sounds like pretty soon um, we're going to be about the same size and you won't be the skinny one anymore or something like that. And I was like, that's such a weird thing to say. Like, I'm pretty sure I said that's such a weird thing to say because it's a really weird, passive aggressive thing to say because you're basically like, I see that you're upset about this, but instead of like, 
I don't know, listening or even showing like some empathy or giving you some helpful advice, what I am going to do instead is rejoice in this thing that is making you a little upset and then tell you, great, perfect, awesome. Now I, I won't think that you're more attractive than me because clearly that person, that's that's what they were trying to say. And I was just like, this is weird. This is a weird thing to do. But you know, the thing is, at least for me, um, I kind of had my first, I think, real frenemy experience when I was like 20. That was my first, first, first experience with it. And, um, you know, I, I think it was easier then for me to just kind of like be like whatever about it. Cause like, I feel like when you're that young, you kind of, you're, you're, you're still in college. You're always meeting people. Like, it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like we were best friends. You fucked me over way too many times. Like you're no longer in my life, whatever. I like, you know, created a boundary. But I think as you get older, your friendships become so much deeper that it's hard when you realize, oh shit, this person who I thought was like my good friend is actually my friend of me. It just, it takes more time because at least for me in my experience, like I felt like I was just trying to, trying to make excuses for that person because I, I wanted, I didn't want to throw away the friendship. I wanted to try to make it work. But the thing is, is like, again, like, like everything in a friendship, it's a two way thing. And, you know, the person wasn't willing to ever take any responsibility for anything that I brought to their attention. And at a certain point, I kind of just stopped mentioning things to them that bothered me because I realized they weren't receptive to it. And they would get super defensive. And they just weren't willing to acknowledge anything even though it was like very much so like an obvious thing like it wasn't just me like interpreting something it would be like an like a very direct thing very clear frenemy move and eventually like you just you just find yourself not really wanting to try anymore you get you get tired because you're like you know I feel like I haven't been perfect but I've definitely tried and this person isn't willing to change. Um, and you just kind of have to unfortunately like let it go. And I know that that really sucks because it does. And like, we all want to like be like, we've been friends forever. And now we're like old and friends, like super cute little friendship stories. Yeah. But like, like romantic relationships, friendships come to conclusions eventually. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. And I think it's important definitely to reflect on your own behavior, right? Because I've been spending this whole time talking about like, this is what a friend of me does. But I think what's even more important than that is if your friend is behaving this way, I think it's important for you to take a step back and, and, and reflect on your own behavior. How am I treating this person, right? So, and, and I mean, be really, really, really like objective, like really think about like, you know, any a stressful situation. How did you handle that? How did you treat them in that situation? Those types of things. When that person needed you, were you there for them? Um, that's definitely something that I thought a lot about because, you know, for the most part, I'm a pretty self-sufficient person. I'm not super emotional. I don't need to be coddled. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just my personality. I, I 
I, I'm, I never stay sad for long. I bounce back pretty quickly and I, I just have developed a lot of coping mechanisms, um, over the years that work for me for the most part. But there was a time in my life where I had ended, um, a, or I'd been in a really long-term relationship that ended and it was really hard for me, not just because it was like the end of the relationship. It was more so the nature in which the relationship ended. And I was in a really dark place and I was having some situational depression. Um, and that's the most sad I have ever been in my life. And I'm lucky to say that that was the most sad I've ever been in my life. Cause thinking back to it, I'm like, well, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's not like the worst thing that could happen, but that was the most sad I had ever been. I was crying every morning. I was crying every night. I was crying throughout the day. Like I was not okay. I lost like a shit ton of weight. I couldn't eat. I like, I, I was not doing well. And like anyone who knew me, which those were the people that I was talking to during that time, I was not hiding it from them. Cause I didn't, I wasn't able to even hide it. And also I was really sad. And so I wanted to lean on my friends a little bit because I've always felt like, at least I hope that I've always made sure that my friends felt comfortable leaning on me when they needed me. And I always have tried to be there for my friends when they needed me. And so in this moment when I was not doing well, and it's, and it's hard for me to need people or, or to feel comfortable to let someone know that I need them. So, and again, everyone who knows me knows this about me. And during that time, there were friends who, you know, without even asking showed me how much they loved me and were there for me and supported me. And till this day, like I think about that and I'm like, I needed to feel like loved and secure and cared for. And there were definitely people who like really made sure that I knew that. And I feel really lucky to still have those people in my life. But there were also people who weren't as, um, weren't as willing to be there for me and almost kind of didn't just people who you, I, I was surprised weren't more like, you know, caring about how, what I was dealing with. And, you know, I think for me, that was something that stuck out to me. And I was kind of, I was never able to let it go. And that friendship didn't end right away. Cause I was also very fragile and sensitive. And unfortunately there was actually a point where when I was feeling really down, I had spoken to that friend and told them like, Hey, listen, like I'm not feeling good. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't feel like you've been there for me. And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. This is more so like a cry for help. I'm not doing okay. I need you to be there. So like if that weren't, wasn't clear before, I'm being clear about it now. And this is a person who I had definitely been there for time and time again. And they responded in a really hostile way. They got really defensive. They tried to gaslight me, tried to tell me that I was overreacting, trying to tell me that I was being crazy. And it's wild because like when I think back, the way I reacted was the least nor reaction ever. And I'm sure even from just listening to my podcast, like you're like going to be like, what the fuck? But like my reaction was just like, oh, like maybe I am overreacting and being dramatic. Sorry. Like that was my reaction because I, I was not, I was not okay. 
I was super sad and I was weak and I was a weaker version of myself. Not that being sad is a weakness, but like mentally I was not sleeping. I was crying all the time. Like I just wasn't doing well and I was kind of beat down. And I really, when I think back to it, not only does it upset me because that person who I, I trusted with my feelings and emotions wasn't there for me, they gaslit me. And also when I, and this, this is upsetting, but like, I think about it, I'm like, I think they took advantage of the fact that I was emotional and weak and used it as an opportunity to kind of be a little mean to me. Because normal, nor if someone pulls that shit on me, I'm like, what the fuck are you saying, dude? You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, uh, no, I don't know why you're trying to gaslight me right now. That's actually really fucked up. Like, I, I have no problem calling people out. But because I was in this really sad and emotional state of mind, and they knew that, I think they took advantage of it. And not just that one time. I think it was like a reoccurring theme. And I'm really mad at myself. I'm mad at myself. I'm not mad at myself, but like, I, I, I just, I'm annoyed at myself for allowing my thoughts to be clouded by sadness and not advocate for myself. Um, because that's something that I think is really important. And I think that we're all, you know, in charge of our bodies and our minds and our emotions. And the best thing we can do is treat our body with kindness. And that means advocating for ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, so that was, that was hard for me. And I, I definitely tried, I tried so hard to get over it. I tried to get over it. I tried, I tried, I tried, and I just couldn't do it. I eventually was just like, I can't, I'm not gonna lie to myself. This person who I thought was my friend is not my friend and has exhibited this behavior. And although we've had good times and although they've done nice things, cause it's not like, it's not like this person is just like never doing anything, right? But like the frenemy behavior outweighs any of the positive behavior. And I think that was what was really hard for me because I was like, well, they they did this and they did that and they did this and they did that. But like that doesn't excuse gaslighting. That doesn't excuse all this other negative behavior. And I would say the same thing to someone in a romantic relationship. So I don't see why a friendship should be any fucking different. Um, so yeah, I think identifying frenemies is, is something that unfortunately is a skill that we should all be better at. I wish I was better at it, but I want to talk about adult friendship and like different types of friendship and for me, I am the type of person who likes having friends who are easygoing because I'm an easygoing person for the most part when it comes to friendship. Now, when it comes to me and my personal life and things that directly affect me, I would never describe myself as easygoing. I'm super type A. I'm really organized. I like scheduling things. Um, the one thing that I'm kind of a stickler about is punctuality with friends. And I've definitely told friends before that I didn't feel like they respected me or my time because they were running late all the time. It wasn't like as the first time or second time it happened. Like it would be after a while, but like, okay, this seems to be a reoccurring problem and punctuality is important to me. So I'm going to address it. But I think it's important in your adult life and, and not even just in your adult life, just in general, but like more so it becomes prevalent in your adult life when you're more busy because when you're like in college and shit, like you have just way more free time, right? But 
when you get older and you have a job and you have all these other responsibilities, whether, you know, you know what I mean, like adult shit, right? You need to have friends that are understanding that you have other things going on in your life. Because that's another kind of toxic mentality that I think a lot of younger people have is that like, we should just be able to hang out all the time. And it's like, mm, no, when you get older, you realize you can't do that. Like, I don't, I don't know anyone who could just like hang out with their friend all the time unless like, you know, they're their next door neighbor or they're their roommate or some shit like that, or they work together. But like, other than that, like no one is hanging out with someone all the time, um, unless they're like you know, a sugar baby or something, which like, I would love to do that. But the types of friendships that I really have realized work well for me are friendships that are flexible and almost like a little, I don't want to say malleable, but like, okay, flexible. Let's, we'll stick with flexible, flexible friendships. So what that means is that, okay, let's say you're going through a really, really rough time. You're probably going to want to talk to your friends a little bit more. And that friend is going to recognize that and they're going to try to be there for you more because they recognize that obviously, again, people have things going on in their life, but you'll probably during this hard time, you'll probably end up talking to that friend more, hanging out with that friend more, spending more time with that friend, right? But like, let's say, you know, you and your friend are both doing great and you're both really busy. You might not talk for a while. And I'm not saying like just no communication for like seven months, you know, you, you might send a text, you might, you know, send some memes on Instagram, some TikToks, shit like that. But like, if you don't like hang out or talk to that person all the time, where it's not a big deal, that's what I would consider to be like a flexible friendship. And I really love those types of friendships, because I never feel as though that person thinks that they're entitled to my time. I also feel as though it, it showcases someone who is understanding and compassionate and realizes that like you do have other things going on in your life. And so do they, you know what I mean? Like, again, this is like a two way thing, but those are the types of friendships that I think work the best in my experience is just people who don't constantly need your reassurance that they are still your friend and that they still like you. Like I literally have a friend and if she's listening to this, she knows it's her. We're like, we've been friends for years and I love her and I know that she loves me. And whenever we, we we're together, like it's like no time has passed and we just can talk and talk and talk. But I'll be honest with you for the last few months, I haven't talked to her even once over the phone, I mean, and like anytime I call her, she hasn't answered. But the reason I haven't taken it personally is because I know people have shit to do in their life. And I don't think she's like ducking my phone calls. And I don't think she's like avoiding me. And I also am. So I am like an anxious texter. Like sometimes being in a long text conversation stresses me out. And I always just stop responding because I'm like, I need this conversation to end. Um, I'm just not big on texting. And so you know, I think that also being considerate of how other people function and also being considerate of other demands that they may have in life. So for me, I have four sisters. I have a brother. I have uh, nieces ranging from age 25 to like, you know, five years old. 
uh, nieces and nephews. I have a great nephew. I have a huge extended family. So like I'm always doing some shit with my family. And not only that, I'm always on the phone with my sister. I'm always FaceTiming my sisters. Like I'm in constant communication with them. So like, I don't know about you, but like, I don't really always want to be on the phone all the time. I mean, there are definitely days where like, I'm feeling chatty, but like, this isn't like an everyday, you know, reoccurrence. And so I think that having a friend that's like understanding of that is also really, really crucial. And like respecting the priorities you have and not taking it as like a personal attack. Like if I'm like, oh, sorry, I was on the phone with my sister. They're not like, "Mm, you bitch, why didn't you hang up with your sister to talk to me? Like, no, that's your fucking sister. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that just having this kind of like unspoken mutual understanding and respect for that person. And also like, I think that The reason why I feel comfortable in these friendships is because I've never seen them exhibit any frenemy behavior. And I I, I genuinely think that it's because they don't feel that way. And that's why we are both comfortable and confident because both of us are treating each other like normal friends. And with normal friends, you're understanding. You don't make them feel bad. Like if you're... If you have a friend who's been working and they're exhausted at the end of the day and they don't fucking pick up your phone call, you're a bitch if you get mad about that. I am so sorry. Like, I don't care what the fuck is going on with you. Call someone else, dude. Like that person is tired. And if that's not something that you are factoring in, then you're a piece of shit. Like, and that's what I mean about like entitled friendship. It's like, it's just not sustainable and it doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel bad and I don't want to feel bad. You know what I mean? Like I, I definitely don't ever want someone to make me feel like I'm being a bad friend because I'm prioritizing my well-being or my health or my sleep. Like fuck that person. Like no. And so I definitely think when you're looking for a friend or if you have a friend, if they're exhibiting weird frenemy behavior, be aware of it. And also, I think we watch all these movies and they and they showcase female friendships in such a way, but it's like, that's a movie and you have to realize that and you have to recognize that and you have to, you know, show each other compassion and understanding and that doesn't mean to overlook red flags. It just means that that's what friends are for. And I am lucky that I have friends in my life who, when I need them, they're there for me. And when I'm busy or when I'm, you know, overwhelmed or anxious or whatever it is, they don't make me feel bad about it. In fact, if anything, they might even try to make me feel better about it or even just back off because that can sometimes make you feel better is not feeling like, fuck, this person keeps like texting me and like I haven't texted them back because I've been in that situation. I've been on the receiving end where like someone's trying to talk to me and like I'm just like not in a good place to talk to them. And like the more they text me, the more anxiety I have. And I don't even think they're doing it on purpose. But like it's just like one of those things where it's like, fuck. And like you don't you don't want to make that person feel bad and like. I think if you have friends who are anxious textures or anxious about making phone calls and stuff like that, it's, it's, I think it's very common. You know what I mean? Like I go through phases like that. I know people like that. So I think something that you can also do as a friend 
is like, if you call that person, they don't answer, like just shoot them a text and be like, Hey, I was just calling because I miss you. Um, you know, you know, I hope, I hope you're okay. Call me whenever you're free. You know what I mean? Just leave it like very open-ended, not like call me tonight or like, I need to talk to you. Just call me whenever you're free. I was just calling because I miss you. And I think removing this like layer of pressure and entitlement does make a difference, or at least I hope it makes a difference because that's what I try to do. And I think what you put out also really matters. And I think being a good friend is a great quality to have. And that means being there for them when they need you, taking a step back when they need space and not taking it personally. And also just being supportive, letting them know that you love them, letting them know that you're there for them, being there for the good times and the bad times. And, you know, if someone is only there for the good times, then that's probably not your best friend in the world. I'm not saying that they're your frenemy, but they're just probably not your best friend. They're probably just like, you know, a, a light friend. You know what I mean? Just like a, I'll invite you for like a fun time kind of thing. But I think understanding that there are different types of friendships is also really important. And like, you know, things are always kind of changing and evolving. And I think it's really great when you do have friends who are flexible and they kind of can move with you. And as, as your life changes and as their life changes, you can kind of still figure out how to maintain this friendship in a way that everyone feels comfortable with. One thing that I did want to mention that I think could potentially make me look like an asshole, but like, whatever, that's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, is I feel like people are always pushing this narrative that if someone talks shit about someone to you, then that person talks shit about you. And I don't think that's true. Because, listen, I could be a bitch sometimes. And I mean, I, I just can. And I think we all do it. Like, no one is like, I've never said that someone's outfit was ugly. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you. Yes, you have. Like, you've said some fucked up shit before. Um, I would never say it to that person, nor would I ever indicate to them that I felt that way. But I think if you like are talking to your friend later and like you mention it to them, like, I don't think it's like representative of whether you're gonna like talk shit about that person. But I will say, I think it also depends on like, if it's like your best friend in the whole world, and you're doing that to another person, then like maybe could be weird. But like if this other person is like someone who you either aren't that close with or have like a weird relationship with and you like say something to a friend who you to have a strong relationship with, like I feel like that's not weird. I feel like it's actually like kind of like a healthy outlet and like a healthy way to like release negativity where you're not like leaving comments on Instagram. Like I've never had an urge to do that, but I assume people like that like – do you not have a healthy outlet? Like, do you have to comment on people's photos and say like, hey, you're fucking ugly, you dumb bitch, instead of just like calling your friend and being like, hey, did you see her fucking picture on Instagram? She looks like a dumb bitch. Like, that's fine. Do that. I don't care. Like, every, everyone talks shit about other people. Like, what is, like, I just, whenever people are like pushing this narrative, I'm like, what is this made up world that you live in where you think that like, if you talk shit about person, then you definitely talk shit about everyone. Like, no, that's not true. I never talk shit about like my good friend's to anyone. And also, um, everyone talks shit about other people that aren't their good friends. But anyway, 
I just I just wanted to throw that in there because uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people do use it kind of as like a indicator of whether someone is like fake. It's like, oh, they talk shit about other people. But it's like, I think it more so depends on who are these people that they're talking shit about? You know what I mean? Again, everything is, everything is on a case by case basis as a, you know, as far as everything goes. So I'm not saying that like all of these things are hard rules. I think that, you know, take from this what you will. And, you know, I've said this so many times before, but like also trust your gut. Because when I think back to some of the friendships that have um, ended because that person turned out to be a friend of me, because to be honest with you, most of my friendships have ended because that person is a friend of me, except for one time. I ended a friendship because um, a friend of mine got really like loud and aggressive with me and she actually started attacking someone else in my life who's a friend of mine and I was really calmly trying to get her to like relax and she was she was going through some like other shit in her life so you know I, I was trying to be like I was trying not to like freak out I was also trying to like diffuse the situation because she was like really freaking out and the next day I like texted her and I was like hey you know like um, I know you were going through a hard time, but like the way you behaved last night really made me uncomfortable. I felt like you really weren't respecting my boundaries. And, um, you know, it, I, I just wanted to let you know, because if we're going to move forward with this friendship, that's just not something that's okay. And they got really defensive and said like crazy shit. Like I, I said what I said and I'll say it again, like just being super fucking crazy. So I ended that relationship because I was like, okay, you're fucking insane. But for the most part, if I had a friendship come to an end, it's because that person was not really my friend. They were a friend of me. But yeah, I think trusting your gut is super fucking underrated. I really feel like trusting your gut is a, good way to navigate life because if I had trusted my gut years ago I would have known that a friendship that I recently ended was not a good one because the signs were there and I you know I had tried addressing them and I was met with defensive behavior not taking accountability gaslighting and for whatever reason, I somehow always just kind of fell back into the friendship. And I was like annoyed at that person a lot throughout our friendship. But because that person was so unreceptive to any any commentary that I'd ever made, like being like, hey, why did you do this? Or hey, you know, whatever. And they just like would get super defensive. I realized that it was a waste of energy. So I just stopped saying anything. So what would end up happening is that I continue to be friends with this person and they continue to do what they do, which is not be a good friend. And I would get annoyed about it. And I wouldn't say anything about it because I was like, there is no point. And then I was just annoyed at them a lot. And I mean, I don't know if that's something that they picked up on. I don't think it's something that they picked up on because I tried as much as I could to not let it show because I wanted, I, I wanted to try to mend the friendship. And I just kind of what I, what I tried to do instead, because I had already tried the approach of like, letting them know what I didn't like, and that didn't work. So this was like the second attempt for me, which lasted for years, where it was just like, when I'm annoyed, instead of saying anything to them, I just like either suck it up or 
what I would do is complain about them to my sister. And my sister would always tell me, why are you friends with this person for years? Why are you friends with this person? It really sounds like this person is just super fucking annoying to you. Why are you friends with them? Why are you friends with them? And like, she was right. Why, why was I friends with this person? I should have just like called it quits. I just, I wasn't ready to give up on it. I wasn't ready to like, let it go. I wasn't ready to just declare this was not a good friendship. You were my frenemy and you know, it sucks, but I really just genuinely feel like if your sister is telling you and, and your sister is not like evil or anything, but if your sister is telling you like, why are you still in this friendship? Maybe reflect on that a little bit more, you know, definitely, definitely take a step back. Um, and another thing I wish I would have learned a long time ago is if you don't feel flattered by someone's behavior, no matter how much other people tell you, you should be flattered by it. If you're not flattered by it, it's not flattering. It's, it's not. Um, and that's something I'm still navigating is what do I say or do if a friend or someone close to me copies me and is weird about it? Because that's the thing, just because you might exhibit one or two of those behaviors doesn't like me like you're definitely a friend of me. Sometimes people are just like weird and they don't even realize it. And they grew up in weird households where their moms were weird or where their sisters were weird. And like they don't even know that this is like frenemy behavior or like they, they actually don't feel that way about it. Um, sometimes it is just kind of these like isolated, weird behaviors that people just develop over time. But it's it's definitely, I think... One of those things where you should address it sooner than later. And how that person responds to you addressing it, that I would say should dictate whether or not this friendship is going to continue or not. Um, I know it's easier said than done. It's hard for me. I totally get it. But if you were going to, if there was one takeaway from this entire episode is that if your friend does something that makes you feel uncomfortable and you have a gut feeling that this is off and you say something to them kindly, respectfully, and they get super fucking weird about it and defensive and gaslight you, that person is an asshole. That person is a frenemy. That's not a person you need in your life. You will make other friends. I promise you, I promise you, you will always meet new people and find friends. And just because you've been friends for someone with someone for a long time doesn't mean you have to still be friends with them. Even though I know that it's hard. But if that person doesn't want what's best for you, if this friendship that you have does not serve you, if this friendship you have doesn't isn't, you know, respecting your boundaries, or making you feel loved and cared for, that's not a friendship you need in your life. I promise you, I promise you, getting rid of it will never, you'll never regret that. You just won't. Um, anyway, that was, that was my little fucking friendship spiel. It's hard for me to talk just now. Um, as always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Psycho. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes, even if you listen on Spotify, just subscribe on iTunes and leave a review, please. Because I know a lot of you guys love Spotify, which subscribe on Spotify also. But if you haven't left an iTunes review and you listen every week, 
please leave an iTunes review. Come on. Like, come on, dude. Let's, let's, someone texted me the other day or like a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I just said the other day. It was literally like two weeks ago. And if he's listening to this, he knows who he is. And he was like, I just like want to see your podcast succeed. I just like want to see a Palestinian woman, you know, always topping the podcast charts. And it's like, me too. But what do you want me to do about it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what? I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Um, so I'm just saying, guys, I love you. And I think we have a friendship here. And feels one-sided sometimes. <laughs> so if you want to show me that you love me, rate and review on iTunes. Everyone has it on their iPhone. It's literally an app that's already on your phone called podcasts. You go to podcasts, you type in Arab American Psycho, you leave a review. You could say cool. You could literally just say cool podcast. Takes two seconds. But that really helps me, helps the show. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, you could follow me on Instagram at more e where I post a lot of pictures of myself and lots of Instagram stories where I am usually complaining about things and ranting or showing you delicious food or, you know, cats, furniture, you know, just music, all types of weird shit. Everything that, you know, aligns with my personal brand, which is literally just me existing. Um, anyways, as always, I love you guys. Don't forget to floss your teeth. Wear your SBF. Don't be a fucking asshole. Come on, guys. And I'll talk to you next Sunday.